0: Welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Today I'm welcoming a very special guest to the podcast, and that is one Florence Ion. She's a tech journalist out of the San Francisco Bay Area and a practicing yogi. Together, we're going to talk about how technology has changed the way we consume news, about how our social feed has altered the way we look at ourselves and our yoga practice, and we get a little judgy about where we're all supposed to be screaming our obscenities now in Trump's America. Before we dive in, I want to thank you for listening to Yoga for the Revolution. If you haven't already subscribed, you can do that on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. And if you like it, please do rate the podcast. You can always find back episodes on the site at yogafortherevolution.org. You can talk to me on Facebook at facebook.com slash yogafortherevolution or follow on Twitter at Y underscore F underscore T underscore R. All right, so here we go. Hello, Flo, and welcome to the show. Sorry that that rhymed. I didn't mean it. It's okay, that happens a lot to my name. It <laughs> just happened uh, that way. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you as a writer at Android Central and co-host of All About Android, but I am going to assume that not everyone in my audience knows what all of those words mean. So tell us a little bit more.
1: Well, so, okay, I'm basically, I cover technology uh, in a journalist blog light format. Now and I write about the world of Android as it pertains to how we use our Android smartphones. Uh, I write a column just about like my daily life with Android because I do so much Android. You know, like half of what I do is is just basically trailing my my life with these Google powered things.
0: It's so interesting to me because I wanted to have you on the show because here on the show, I often get very uppity with technology and I complain a little bit about kind of just being followed around by Google and things like that and kind of always being on the Instagram and having Twitter being a constant in my life. And at the same time, it's really changed the way we consume information. It changes the way we approach the news. And in my world, at least, like kind of in the the quote unquote wellness world it's it's argued that like all of that connection to technology is detrimental and I'm curious if you kind of hear that from your perspective being in that world where everyone well maybe not everyone but I'm assuming people are a little bit more interested and excited about the innovation of technology do you find that that to be true have you learned to manage your use of technology or is that even an issue for you
1: First of all, I want to start because this is a yoga podcast. It is in the in the title. I just want to start by saying I have been a practicing yogi since 2009. So, as my career sort of unfolded in this technology world, I've so I started yoga at the tail end of college, and so I went into the working world uh, trying to basically balance this new identity as. Okay, I'm going to take this path of writing about technology because of where I live, this makes the most sense for me. This is something I grew up around, I grew up in the Bay Area, so I'm very used to just being surrounded by technology and people who are excited about, you know, innovation and and just constantly being bombarded with whatever is new in the world of tech. And then as as I got older and I started to find, you know, my own spirituality and trying to get out of this bubble, That was telling me to constantly rely on these machines to move my life forward. Because when you're growing up, like surrounded by all these tech things, it becomes a sort of noise, a constant noise in your life that becomes very difficult to get rid of that noise. It's kind of like if, I don't know, there was a barking dog down the street and it just barks every single day at the same time. And you just kind of get to a point where it's part of your life and you ignore it, even though it still kind of gets on your case a couple of times. That's how I kind of started feeling about technology the last couple of years. And uh, as I've as I've gotten more into the internet, that's where I've sort of found myself really getting lost into the noise. Yeah, I think in terms of technology, when I think about the things that are noisy, I think about the apps on my phone more than I do about the machines in my life, okay. if that makes sense.
0: yeah. And i
1: I think that I think that we do consume way too much technology, and that is something that I have been struggling in my own yoga practice uh, for a while. and I have to say part of that is because I've become such an overconsumer of technology. I've become glued to social media to what's happening, to building my own presence on social media and just sort of prioritizing that over my own well-being. And so yeah there's a bit of a
0: there's a bit of a rut that I'm <laughs> currently climbing out of That's really interesting. I'm really glad you brought up the cultivating a presence on social because I'm sure that it's true everywhere. I know in the yoga world and you I'm sure you're familiar with this too there's yes. almost two different things that go on there's instagram yoga babes, and then there's people who are so inspirational. <laughs> I don't know, they're just like, you know, one more smoothie and they're going to ascend. And and then <laughs> there's like the real nitty gritty of our own personal individual yoga practices that might be messy or might be not so pretty. And I wonder if, how you feel about that and how you approach that as a yoga person but also, just like as a person, I think that I'm
1: still figuring that out a little bit. So a couple of years ago is when this this social media, this need to constantly consume social media. I mean, I think that really, I really fell into it a couple of years ago, uh, and part of the reason I really fell into it is because of the proliferation of you know all these yoga and health and wellness accounts, and I was on my own little path of trying to figure out, you know, how to implement that in my life, and I figured, well, I'm a techie, so I should, you know, try and reach out to tech to see how I can bridge the gap between these two things in my life, right? Unfortunately, I ended up just getting caught up in the Im- everybody else's image. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I got really rolled up into the image of this person on Instagram, the person doing these poses on Instagram, the person having these, you know, vulnerable like posts on Instagram, these things that I just sort of didn't want to do, but I felt like I had to do. And now we're at a point where present administration, it's very hard for me to just be on social media as it is, because I kind of feel like the floodgates have been open on everybody's opinions. <laughs> yeah. In a sense, uh, I feel like We've become more opinionated in the last six months or whatever since, you know, the administration flipped over. Uh, Maybe I'm just feeling that way because I was in my own little bubble. I was protected in my own little bubble and now the bubble has burst. But regardless, I I really feel a need now to just completely distance myself Mm -hmm. a couple of times a day from all of this stuff.
0: It is that. That floodgates have opened, and I was talking to a friend of mine who recently said, like, social isn't a friendly place to be anymore.
1: No, no.
0: You have to put a skin on, a thick skin on, to even go out there at all, because it feels like a much more vitriolic place than it did before. And uh, admittedly, I agree, like maybe that's because of the bubble. So tell me more about the distancing, because I think it was Quartz recently just came out with an app that allows you to take a break from Trump news. And I I can link (laughs) to that on the site. It's it's interesting. But I'm curious, when you take a break, do you really just put the phone away? Or are there opportunities to use your technology to help you take a break?
1: It's possible that I may take the extreme on this just because, so, you know, first of all, I work from home, which, you know, it doesn't really, it really inspires you to have a routine. Otherwise, you definitely fall in a rut, right? And I, one thing I've really tried to maintain, I mean, regardless of how stressed I am or maybe how I'm falling behind on deadlines, I tell the crew at work, I say, I'm going outside for sunlight. And that's literally what I do. I go and I pretend that I'm a rose and I need vitamin D. I need to go outside and and do my regeneration and grab my energy. And so I am lucky that I, you know, have a backyard I can sit in. And granted, I I also apologize. I also have the California privilege. Again, I apologize. (laughs) I know this is not always possible, But I I do like to just go outside and sit outside without my phone and just sit out for 10 minutes listening to birds, quieting my mind. It's It's essentially my meditation for the day. It's just I'm not, you know, sitting down on a bolster in my room. I'm outside in an Adirondack chair just with sunscreen on, you know feeling the sun and remembering that I am still a living being. And so I have to, you know, I have to be present in that because oftentimes I I just really fall into the trap, the tech
0: trap. I love that you said that you pretend you're a rose. I mean, I haven't <laughs> heard that exact expression before, but we are animals. We are plants. Like we are beings on the earth and it sounds yes it's even hard to say that to me i get a little like uh you know like i roll my eyes <laughs> but it's so true and yeah we're still people and we're we haven't been absorbed into the matrix yet so yeah 10 minutes of rose time i think is fantastic and the big question is then do you instagram that moment or can you let it go <laughs> i i
1: let it go sometimes i will like snapchat if i'm just Kind of feeling distracted, like I'll just go outside and snap instead of <laughs> inside the house. I try to take more nature walks on the weekends. Granted, I still have my phone with me because I'm listening to a podcast, but I kind of use that as like regeneration time. At least I'm outside, you know, with Bluetooth headphones and all. Uh, and as far as as apps go, i th- I feel like I might have a slightly unpopular opinion, but I kind of am dubious about the idea of apps helping us Hmm. sort of connect back to ourselves because if we really need an app to remind us, then that doesn't – I mean, I feel feel like that means we're not being present.
0: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I have – I sometimes help lead a few retreats here and there, and we're coming up with lists for, you know, set a timer so that every half hour you get up from your desk. And I do think some of those things are really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. But there is a goal, a larger goal, to not need technology to remind you to be a person.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, but then there's the flip side, right? Because I have. I have a really good friend, for instance. He is all about wellness and just living his best life. And I admire that about him. And he's very good at choosing applications that help him with these things. So he'll get like, you know, a five-minute diary that just sort of reminds you to uh, take time for gratitude every day. And some people really respond to that, really respond to having their device, you know, remind them to do this thing or just respond to having this app that they can turn to every day just for me personally it's because i'm already so entrenched in all this tech i i yearn now to get away from it
0: when i can i think you're right different people respond differently either to using the apps or not using the apps there is
1: uh there is an amazing meditation headband that exists and shoot i'm totally forgetting the name which is which is I'll send you the link. So maybe you can link it up in the show notes. But uh, I tested it. So what it is, is this is headband you put on, it's funny looking, but whatever. And it can read your EKG waves as you're meditating. And you will listen to like, you'll listen to nature and nature will start to rustle and get busier in the audio when your mind is really busy. So when the EKG signals are just going crazy and that app only requires that you do it three minutes a day. So it's not like a, hey, buy this, you know, buy this thing and, and get sucked into having to do this thing you don't want to do. It's actually just like, hey, I can do this before bed even if, you know, that's my meditation time. And that way you're actually teaching yourself how to quiet your mind when you're without the headband. So it's actually really helped me with my own meditation and with knowing what it means when my mind is actually silent because that part was a thing that I, I have a really hard time learning from, uh, from other yogis or in classes. I have a really, I don't know why it it helps to just have that. I don't know that That feedback feedback. of an app.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It does sound like a great biofeedback loop because it's so easy for us to get lost in whatever story the brain goes to tell like, yeah, you know, whatever outfit you're going to put on or the to do list or whatever it is, or I'm going to replay this conversation that hasn't happened yet or whatever it is. But having that feedback of like, oh, yeah, those birds are going nuts. I guess I should pay a little more attention. Yeah,
1: no, I actually, you know, when I started doing it, I found myself getting frustrated because <laughs> was like, why can I not quiet my mind? But it's kind of amazing how I thought that I was being present in certain situations,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but that wasn't being present that wasn't completely, you know, turning my mind off. So
0: do you find if you do go outside, if you do take those 10 minute rose breaks, that you're more able to put the phone down at other times of the day? Or do you just stick to like, this is the least I can do. This is this is what I'm going to do. I will say
1: that over time, my social media consumption has fallen. Part of that is because I've I picked the lanes I wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. So I picked the Snapchat and Instagram lane because the people that are on there are the people that I interact with in real life as well. So that way, social media becomes a part of my real world uh, interactions as well, because as... My friends and I, you know, we're all busy. Everybody's got kids and families now that we're taking care of. This is a way so that when we do see each other, you know, we can go, hey, I remember your Instagram story. You like went on this trip. Let's talk about it. But other social media realms, I've sort of left just out of necessity. And um, and I find that over time, it gets a lot easier to to not engage because you realize you're not really missing out on anything. Yeah. <laughs> The sad truth is that you're not missing out on anything, and even as news is happening, you know, New York Times is still filing its its news, still filing its reports. Like, life still has to go on.
0: How do you get your news these days?
1: How do I get my news these days is a great question, because uh, the, the uh, NPR pledge drive was on last week. Yes. <laughs> on the radio. Um, at least it was for here, for our affiliate, and... And I remember thinking to myself, man, I don't really listen to the station anymore. And so it's true, I don't listen to the radio anymore, but that's because I also don't commute. I do, however, listen to a ton of podcasts. So I try to listen to news podcasts, and I listen to a lot of entertaining podcasts because I just, at the end of the day, I just don't want to like get into it. But most of, most of my news, I guess I get through Twitter yeah, because I'm on I'm on Twitter all day for my job. So I mean, I guess I guess yes, that's the social media that I have stuck with. But I have learned how to maintain that so that it's only like during work hours, and so I get a lot of my news from there. That's how I keep up on everything.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting to watch Twitter become that platform, right? Like of late-breaking news, and and Facebook. I don't I don't know what Facebook is for anymore. Although closed groups seem to have some value. But everything they do. Else just seems like it's a wash of just nonsense.
1: It it is a wash of nonsense. <laughs> it really is. I mean, because every time I see a headline, I go, "This is nonsense." Um, I think, for the most part, I still have to remember to practice a lot of practice a lot of self talking when I'm reading headlines, because as these things are barreling through, as I'm seeing things be retweeted. Uh, I have to remind myself not to react, that there's nothing I can really do at that point in time.
0: Right. Right. Like, what are you going to do with this information? Yes. Like, because,
1: you know, I'll be on Twitter and I'm just having a funny little conversation with, you know, again, because I don't have coworkers. Yes. I go on Twitter for my social interaction during the day. And a lot of us are in the same little, you know, tech writing circle, um, Our own little bubble on Twitter, and then sometimes you'll get those little tweets that pop up that goes something really bad is happening uh, ten thousand miles away from you, and so it's like, crap, that thing just came in. Okay, that really sucks. Like, how am I going to process this information without it getting me emotional? Because it used to make me. It, it used to be that I would see these things and I would just have to stop working, yeah, because it was just too much. I just couldn't focus, uh, but you know what? You know what? It's kind of hard to use that as an excuse, and I know that sounds. I, I hope that doesn't sound like harsh. And maybe this is just like me and the way that I've, I've learned how to talk to myself. But I've had to tell myself that you know, as much as I want to like react to these things as they're happening in real time, I can react to them later. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> The whole thing about being present, I guess. I don't know.
0: Right. I mean, you said just a moment ago, like the New York Times is still going to file a story. Yeah. Things are still going to happen and horrible things are going to happen in this country and other places, whether I read about it right now or not. Yeah. And your (laughs) knowledge of that in that moment doesn't necessarily change the game.
1: Yeah. So that's something I'm also reconciling with. See, that's something I'm reconciling with in real time, because I'm trying to figure out how to parse all this information and stay informed. And also as a journalist, you know, as a person, a quote unquote person of the Internet. I mean, I work on the Internet. A lot of my life is on the Internet. I'm just trying to learn how to live a balance. And it's hard, man. It's really hard. That's why I keep waffling back and forth over what it is that I'm doing because I honestly maybe I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go along and adjusting and adjusting as depending on how I feel and how like productive I can be as, you know, a person churning along in society with everybody else.
0: I mean, I think that's what we're all doing. That's all we can do. Yeah,
1: precisely. I mean, what am I going to do? Just bunker down.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I hear a lot less from the people in Montana who are buying lots of cans like Y2K Mm -hmm. style and and hiding in a bunker than I imagined I might at this point in our nation's history yeah it seems to be a lot less like I need to hide from this and there does seem to me at least in you know the venues that I am seeing a lot more let's do something what are we gonna do I think it
1: also helps too to have like a network of people whether it's whether it's your social circle you know down the street or maybe you have like a good you know group of friends on on a slack on the slack app i just think it's good to have little networks of friends and people that you can go to and be able to just spill the tea as you need for instance i my husband and i set up a little slack chat for me and a couple of my very close gal pals and we were just so distraught about everything, you know, after the election. I mean, it was very hard for a lot of us to get out of bed and show up for work in the weeks following all that. And so what happened is we created a little chat room where we could just go in and instead of, uh, at least this is how I use it, but instead of like going to Twitter and complaining into the void, what I'm doing is pasting links in with this like little group that we have. And, Yes, it's a bubble and we're all just echoing things back to each other, but it's a way that I can go and let out my frustration in a safe space and get different perspectives from people about maybe how I'm feeling or how I should be processing something, you know, and, and having that safe space to just be able to, to be and to function and to let that energy go somewhere, where it's not going to be, you know, where it's not going to be manifested in something negative.
0: We talked a little bit earlier about how social itself is not necessarily a friendly place. Yeah. And yet at the same time, the technology of a Slack channel or a group text or something like that, it sounds like what you're saying is that it's it's taking the place of walking over to your neighbor's house or having a conversation over the fence or, you know, having a real community of support that you might might have used to have been broader, like your social feed, like Facebook or Twitter, but now is you just need to like hold people in a little bit closer and like be in that safe space. And it it's nice to know, I use it too. I have a, a group chat with my girlfriends. And honestly, we we talk on the phone sometimes, we try to make conference calls happen, but yeah, everyone has kids and different lives and we're on in different parts of the country and it's challenging but I do feel like I have this open line to them at all times. And I can just, any one of us can be like this thing. And then, you know, even if, even if it's a few hours or if one of us is in a meeting or if one of us is, you know, doing something with the family, we can come back and react to that. I think it's interesting that we feel, I'm projecting a little bit, so you have to forgive me. No,
1: I was projecting earlier, we're all good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That there is some guilt around the bubble Yes. Because, and I have said this before, I, there is some fear that like the bubble being in the bubble led us here somehow to this place in, right. in the nation's history. Um, but it also is like you said, it's a safe space. It's it's people you can talk to who are going to understand what you're talking about, who can give you a little gut check every now and then. But you need to be able to say like, this is not cool, Right. <laughs> Need to have a safe space where you can
1: go and tell all of your terrible jokes. <laughs> you can't tweet. Or or even you know, I just need to sometimes curse just really just in a really gross way about the way some stuff is going. And so it really helps to be able to do that with people who are just like, they're there. It's alright. We're feeling we're feeling it with you. Uh it, but I think you brought up an interesting point is the fact that I do kind of feel that. Not just me, but my friends as well. Like, we have been curating our social circles since, you know, the great big change of 2017. I feel, I actually feel closer now to some of my gal pals than I did before the election because we're constantly checking up on each other. Even my mother in law, who is a wonderful, you know, Midwest bleeding heart liberal, I adore her dearly. You know, she checks in with me every once in a while and goes, You doing okay? You feeling okay? Patriarchy's got you down. You know, I appreciate that check-in. I appreciate knowing someone is thinking about me too. That also feels nice.
0: Yeah. And it's not something I agree. I agree. It's not something that necessarily happened before the great sea change, right? We would just check in and be like, hey, you're a woman, Shit sucks sometimes, right? Yeah. Like, and that's, I mean, almost, you could almost say that to anyone and they, any woman in, the, yeah. in this current climate, maybe like, suck. yeah. It's okay,
1: girl. Let's go drink <laughs>
0: or something, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it has opened some of those channels.
1: I do think that we're going to see a shift in, in which of the social media platforms like sort of can manage to roll with this changing tide because I don't know, like you were talking about Facebook earlier. I just, I know they've got a lot of money and they're doing a lot of things and they've got their hands in a lot of pots, but you know, the, the whole scandal with the election and the bubbles and the, the bad stuff that happens on Facebook live. Like I just, I wonder, I wonder how sustainable that is. Or I wonder if that's just like our society is used to it now that.
0: Right. At a certain point, do you not hear that dog barking anymore? Exactly. Exactly. And for the record, I brought that example because there is a
1: dog that has been barking here for years. And some days I can't ignore it. And some days I can't,
0: well, here's to being able to hear the barking dogs, acknowledge the barking dogs, and then maybe quiet the barking dogs. Well, so thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Carrie, for having me. I have actually, um, quite honestly, I've been really looking forward to chatting with you about all this because I... As I mentioned in my own yoga practice, this has actually been a part of the practice. Granted, I haven't, you know, been in the studio as much as I'd like to, but I noticed that this year, part of my yoga practice has been about how to remain present in this world of constant negative change because I really got, really, really got swept into it. And I'm finally kind of coming out of those waves. And it feels like, and I feel like because I've adopted some, some routine and adopted some practices that it's making each day a little
0: bit easier. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think everything, it's the whole reason I started this podcast is because I was like, what happens now? Yeah. Like nothing yeah. else matters. I We must do something and I don't have other talent. So I'll just talk out loud.
1: <laughs> Listen, I know where you're coming from. <laughs> I, just, I, I talk about Android. That's the only difference.
0: So. Right. And then hopefully, like, we both pause sometimes and breathe. Yes. And, and live to fight another day. Yeah, precisely. Well, before I bid you adieu, I would love for you to have the chance to let people know where they can find you if they want to learn more about Android, if they want to learn more about Slack channels. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, I do tweet a lot on Twitter at o oh, that flow. Uh, that's F L O like, like my name. Uh, and I'm also on Snapchat and I, I, I think I can, I think I can give good content. So if you want to come check it out, I don't just talk about tech for what it's worth.
0: Well, thank you again so much. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And, uh, I will talk to you soon.